Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email drjacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to USA Global TV, the TV and radio, the business talk show. And my name is Al Cini, and I am just pleased as punch to be co-hosting this program with Doctor, the one and only Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. Come on out, Doc. Hi there. How are you, Mr. Cini? I'm doing just fine. It's always great to see you, and I always look forward to this opportunity to to talk with a great guest. Uh, uh, we have we have a great one lined up today. Uh, uh, Zane Carson Carruth, who is a children's book author, and she's created a terrific character, uh, Abella, who is the world's first tooth fairy, and it really is a, a series of cute stories about uh, a memorable character that kids love. So it's going to be fun talking about the books. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the, I just did a book fun. review for for the uh, book. Sorry, it'll be, terrific. it'll be fun talking about the books. It'll also be fun talking about the business of uh, creating book content these days for children. Because I, I mean, today's children aren't like yesterday's children. They consume stories differently, and it'll be it'll be fun to explore that with Zane. Absolutely, you know, Al. I have a special place in my heart for Zane, and I first heard of Zane when I was working with you uh, at another channel and zane was doing a hot topic 10 minute uh interview and i saw her book was there and i picked it up and i thought wow this is really pretty cool so i ended mm. up reaching out to her and she was scheduled to do an interview on what i first started off which was uh, business talk radio and long story short something came up and she needs to reschedule and i said can you introduce me to someone that i could interview instead and she introduced me to the lovely diane floyd bame and then wow. it's just been an incredible experience ever since with all the people who've come to this platform really because of Zane Carson Carruth and uh, Diane Floyd Bame. <laughs> isn't that isn't that great? I mean, it's great the way things work out. It sure is. And you know, I've had the the privilege and honor of interviewing Zane before. And in addition to her being an award-winning author, she's also a certified etiquette professional. So she'll come back and see us for another show talking about everything related that'll, to that'll be, to that'll be great. Now you've got me now you've got me alerted and wide awake and very aware of everything <laughs> I'm doing with my hands because I'm sure I'll be getting a review from Zane after the program about all that. It's terrific to know. Well I'm excited we're gonna be bringing Zane out. I'm I'm very interested to to learn about what inspires her also the the work that she and her husband are doing with the houston rodeo and she's on so many boards al it's it's amazing i'm glad that yeah, she had time yeah. to come and do this show so let's welcome zane carson caruth to the show hi zane welcome hi how are y'all happy to nice be here to great to see you again. nice to see y'all both again Oh, thank nice you. to see you as well. Um, I was noticing I, I was going through our shows and we haven't seen you since January 2021. So what mm. have you been up to? You've been putting out great content and you've been doing amazing hosting, uh, entertaining with some of the biggest stars in the world. It's, it's oh, really? just been such a, a rush. 
Yeah, it has been. It's been very hectic and it's just gone by so fast. I mean, just being part of the rodeo has been overwhelming. And then I finished another book and I'm working with the producer to uh, to do an animated influencer series. So it is it's been nonstop, but the rodeo has taken up most of my time that and the SPCA. I'm always involved with the SPCA, but um, no, it's been a it's been a it's been a journey that I've enjoyed. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to stop and take a breath and regroup. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Uh, something I wanted to ask you, because I, I believe that uh, your new book really has some roots and foundation in the work that you've done in the rodeo. I don't think people realize what a huge undertaking it is and that you're on 24-7 smiling, walking around talking to people and uh, people wanting your autograph and, and all of the um, the physical activity you have to do going back and forth. So tell us a little bit about that and how that may or may not have inspired you for Abella and the book? Well, it, the rodeo has to show you how big that it is and what it takes to produce the world's largest rodeo, a 70,000 seat arena. Mm. There are 35,000 volunteers that work uh, and it's a year round thing. The rodeo only lasts for like 30 days, but all of the events that lead up to it. And then during the rodeo, you have some of the biggest stars in um, country western music and a lot of crossover that come every night and it is um it's miraculous because the money goes to the children's scholarship they give away about 25 million dollars um every year or or have been for the past two or three years even during the pandemic they met all of their financial requirements and promises for the kids scholarships so a lot of these children, it's the first generation college, and they're the first generation that speaks English, a lot of them. So mm. it, is, it makes a huge difference in individual lives, and it impacts Houston financially, and uh, and it, it launches stars. I mean, like Parker McCollum. I mean, he, he played at the rodeo, one of the very first this year, and now you see him everywhere. He is well on his way. And Gwen Stefani, when she was asked to be on the rodeo, and she said this on the, the Tonight Show, Jimmy Kennel, she goes, I'm saying a rodeo, but she was blown away. It's 70,000 people are yelling and screaming your name and buying tickets and uh, promoting the world's largest rodeo. Plus, it's, it's, it's the real deal. Those cowboys, they get on those bronken bulls and those bronken horses and Ooh, it's uh, it's something to behold. It's um, I'm very proud of my husband for the work that he has done. He's been involved 30 years. His dad was head of the rodeo and now he is. And now I'm first lady of the rodeo. Anyway, next this coming year will be our last year. It's a three year commitment. Mm. And um, I've enjoyed it immensely and met a tremendous amount of people because I was never involved in the rodeo. I, I would never sat on a committee. Well, I did for you know, just a teeny weeny bit, but not like these people. They take their vacations, save their vacations, the volunteers to get their 30 hours in to keep their badges. It is, it really is something that um, to behold. And there needs to be a whole TV show about it. But, right. uh, and it is, and it, you can't see it on the TV, Cowboy Network, so. And Zane, we, we do have a picture. Tell us a little bit about this. 
Oh, that's that's my husband Brady, and that was closing day. That was um, that was that was the last day that you know. I always kind of went for the sparkly outfits. Everybody dresses differently, but um, yeah, you could tell he looks kind of tired. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I but love your jacket. That was, you know, I think well over a million people come through that rodeo in those 30 days. That's incredible. You know, we, we live, uh, we live in the Northeast and as any Texan knows, the Northeast is kind of a sheltered environment that where we, we don't really have a lot of exposure to the great outdoors. Uh, and, but I've been, I've traveled a bit and I, whenever, whenever I've had the chance, I've gone to rodeos and they're a great experience. I, I wasn't expecting to spend this much time talking about them, but, that whole idea of the experience of the rodeo, I think, is something that's kind of foreign to many of the people who live up here. Well, so. yeah, because these cowboys are so young, a lot of them. They've got mm. three and four kids, and you see them getting bucked off that bull or that horse. And then you, I mean, earlier you see them in their little stroller and their kids. And mm. it's, a, it's a huge family affair. I mean, before the rodeo. Uh, we have one of the, somebody does a prayer. They, they sing the Star Spangled Banner. It's a, um, it's a very patriotic. It's extremely patriotic. Hmm. It's um, it's it's life changing for a lot of people. And I would invite y'all to come um, next year. It's our last year to be the head head guy, as I call it. So um, you will never experience the rodeo like you do with the the head guy. I mean, we have an armed bodyguard that walks around with us everywhere wow. we go, and wow. a driver and. You know, you go through the back doors and you meet these stars and um, it's a lot of them are this big. I'm, I'm, the I'm does 10 pounds. I'm 100% sure that Dr. Jacqueline would be great at the barrel race. We'll get her on a horse. You can do that. Barrel racing and steer roping. I think that would be your event, Dr. Jacqueline. Well, there you go. You know, barrel racing, that's all about the gals. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, to the point that both of you are making, that the rodeo is a huge undertaking, especially the Houston rodeo. I sold meetings and events for uh, 18 years, and people have no idea what goes into those <laughs> specific days. To your point, they're starting a year plus early to work on the event. It's amazing. Uh, so congratulations to you and your husband. Definitely. definitely. And, and, you know, I, and now's a good time, I think, for everybody, uh, you know, a completely different gear we're shifting into here. But... Maybe you can introduce us to the character of Bella and where she came from. And uh, and you've written a series of books now uh, based on that yes. character, haven't you? Yes. Let's yeah. talk about a Bella, the world's first tooth fairy. Well, it started out how the tooth fairy tradition started. And um, I just loved her little personality. I patterned her after my daughter. So hmm. I kind of knew where I was going with her personality. And, um, and every book just shows a little bit different. She gets her magic wand. She starts a tooth fairy school. And um, and now she goes to the rodeo. The rodeo. She meets uh -huh. the world famous rodeo clown. Um, and then the book I'm working on now is she gets a new hairdo. And that's a little bit harder to do mm. because there's just so much um, you have to worry about now when you write books and especially True. children's books. And I think you kind of talked about that earlier. It's It's a different ball game now than it was when we were growing up. Well, that, you know, that actually introduces the whole idea of uh, we live in a much more diverse society these days, and there are a whole lot of interests that need to be accommodated and a lot of concerns people have. 
So part of, partly the evolution that Abella has had to take is uh, kind of social justice. That's one part of it. Yes. But yeah. but then there's the then there's that whole other part, and that's the media itself. Because where a book used to be the way kids read, now they get Kindle versions of books and they get things on i iPads and talk about how you keep up with all that. You know the main thing I worry about, and I don't, I worry about the woke. What the everything that's woke now? Because in my books or everybody's book, they have to think. Okay, how is someone going to take this? Is this going to insult somebody? When used to be, we could have the world had a better sense of humor. And I realized that a lot in this book about her new hairdo. Um, I had to redo those pictures. I can't tell you how many times because I thought I, I don't even know if it'll ever even go to print because it's just getting to be uh, worrisome. Hmm. But, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it makes I'm perfect saying, sense. But... I mean, we used to live in a world where they, where children were little boys and girls, and now you're not even sure if you could use those words anymore. No, no, no. Bella has, you know, fairly straight hair with a little curl. Well, then mm -hmm. I gave her a big old hairdo, and then it's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, are people going to go? What's wrong with a big old hairdo? Well, nothing. It's just different <laughs> than mm -hmm. what she had. So I have to rewrite a lot of it, and I've invested. So much time, energy, effort, all the illustrations over and over and over that you want to finish it. But there's got to be a story in there that, you know, right. that, well, there's always got to be a lesson in a children's books, as y'all know. But I think my story is, you know, it's okay to take a chance. You know, mm -hmm. she wanted a new hairdo. It, it got rolled on little tiny rollers and she ended up with this big hair. But oh. she liked her old hairdo better. But, you know, a hairdresser comes to her rescue. So... There's a there's a good story in there. I've just got to flesh it out, as they say. But no, it's, it's a totally different ball game than when I first started yeah, writing, sure. and that sure. was just in 2016. Hmm. Wow, you've accomplished so much in such a short time. When you're writing children's books, are you writing toward the child, whatever age group that is, or are you writing to the adult who's reading to the child? In some cases. Oh, I probably just the child. I do try to use a little bit bigger words than, you know, see, spot, run, because <laughs> when the adults read to them, they, they are exposed, you know, to different words. And that and that's beneficial for children. So I do write the story for the child. And I want like this rodeo book. I wanted them to learn about the rodeo. So it's just it's just real basic stuff, but it's enough to get them interested. But um yeah, I write for the kids. I, I write, and then you edit, 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 but um, mm. trying to make it better, better. Yeah, uh, Dr. Jacqueline, when you were asking that question, were you asking for a friend, or did you have somebody in particular in mind that you know personally, like you? Because you're now <laughs> kind of you're kind of dabbling into the uh, in in the genre of writing children's books, aren't you? Really? Yes. Yes, we have Good our first. Thank you. We a series of seven children's books that I'm writing with Mariska Dupree. We already wrote the first one. It's at the illustrator. But mm. uh, I'm finding with the editing that I haven't written it for an eight-year-old child. I've probably written it for a 25-year-old. So I have to <laughs> see. That was my first one. I wrote like I was writing for Walt Disney and Cinderella. Used way too many words. And uh, I reprinted it three times cutting back on the words because parents don't want to read all those words. Hmm. Not if, you know, not if it's a book that parents read 
you've got to figure out how to get your message across with as few words as possible. So they'll pick the book up and read it. Otherwise, it gets at the bottom of the toy store, you know, their toy bin. Uh, you know, I, I as I'm listening to both of you talk about this, I'm thinking that uh, there are an awful lot of books written for adults. Obviously, we're all familiar with them. But, they, but in a lot of ways, it's harder to be an author of children's material because you need to get to a point very quickly and you have to do it very economically. Yes. When you're yes. writing for adults, you can waste thousands of pages on stuff that nobody really even cares about, but not yes. when you're writing for kids. Isn't that right? Yeah, because you go, oh, I don't want to take that out. I love that sentence. It's like, well, you've got too many words. You've got to cut it. You always do your word count. and It should be under, definitely under a thousand words between seven and eight or better, but writers use a lot of words. That's just how we think. That's how we communicate. Hmm. And it's, that's been the challenge. Well, there are a lot of challenges, but cutting the words back and still getting the message across, you know, and if you want to have some humor in it or whatever, it, it, it's a juggling act. Don't you find that to be true, Dr. Jacqueline? Yes, for sure. I definitely do. Um, but you are actually going to take your, work and put it into another form. Tell us a little bit about that, about animation. Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, there's a, a guy named Rick Sigalow and he did, um, he was the one who brought Thomas the Tank Engine and Little People mm -hmm. to, to TV. Well, he is going to, he has signed on to produce an animated influencer series for my little Bella. It's not, I mean, we're shooting the pilot now. It's just five minutes. 3D, but it's a real little girl and then a 3D animated, a Bella, and it takes place in the little girl's bedroom. And the object is just to introduce new toys and products for children and, and babies because, you know, Bella doesn't know any of these people things. So the little girl, they just kind of talk about it. So that is the big picture. And the pilot has not been completed. But the teasers have kind of started going out uh, to different the ideas to get it on, like the Today Show. You're just talking a five minute. You know how you have the gadget guy? Well, this will just be for kids and it'll be a fairy and a little girl named Everly. So they're casting Everly now. But So it's mixed. It's mixed live action and animation. How fun is that? Yes. yes. Yeah, that yes. sounds great. Another thing that looks simple when it's done well, when you're watching it, but it takes a lot of time to plan that out. And and if you don't have a good story to tie all that stuff together, then it doesn't well, matter how well produced it is. It has to be a great story. Isn't that true? Yes. But since now we're, now the series will be for, for a TV series, that will be shopped separately. But what we're trying to get launched now is just this little animated influencer and um you know it's only going to be like five minutes so it's just and actually the guy rick that producer you know i thought oh i'll write all of that oh my gosh no he blew me away the pilot that he wrote was just adorable so he will be the writer for just the animated series um the little influence series but if if it ever gets picked up for a real series then they will hire writers but you know that's that's a long shot and i realized that I'm just uh, grateful that he saw value in my little books and wanted to work with it. Cause that's great. 
And yeah, you know, yeah. I, it may not be the long shot you think, knowing the quality of the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Truth well, is, I mean, I really he's won believe. Emmys. He's, I mean, all I have to do is Google him. And he came down last Sunday. I'm in New York, and he's like two hours away. So he came, and we spent the afternoon together because we had zoomed many times. And um, mm. but it was the first time we met. Actually, had lunch and talked. And I bought some of those toys, but now I don't even know where I put them. I was in such a rush <laughs> to get to this computer, mm -hmm. but. Anyway, he's a great guy. He is very down to earth and um, yeah, he's just very talented. And I, I didn't know that Ringo Starr voiced Thomas the Tank, which I didn't know that. So oh. uh, anyway, he told me some great stories about things they produce with real horses because he knows our interest in horses. And well, I'm just rambling now, but um, you know, he brings a lot to the table. Well, a tremendous amount to the table. That'll be great. Yeah. I look forward to seeing that. Uh, that's fabulous that you're in New York. Also, we're both in New Jersey, different parts. Oh, of that's place. right. Yes. <laughs> it's a small local. world. Yeah. Zane, I was wondering if you would read from your new book from uh, A Bell Goes to the Rodeo. Sure. I, I didn't know I was going to get to do this. Let Yay. me see. One of the best. You know, first, this book is dedicated to a guy named Leon Coffey. He is the world's bravest bullfighter and here is a picture of him can you see that mm -hmm. yes yeah oh he was so thrilled when i called and got his permission to write this book it just mm -hmm. really talks about um his job is to protect the bullfighters when they fall the bull riders when they fall off the bull mm -hmm. the bull wants to charge them and they have professional people like mr coffee that gets between the bull rider and the bull, it says. All right, now this is the part where the bullfighter fell off the bull and the mama cow had already told her, Abella, don't use your magic wand. You cannot change the competition. Well, Abella quickly reached for her magic wand after he fell off and the cow snatched her with her tail. She goes, okay, okay. So the hmm. bullfighters and barrel man sprang into action. It is their job to protect the rider and distract the bull. Their motto is protect the rider, protect your partner, and protect yourselves. Mm. One very brave barrel man dressed as a clown positioned himself between the bull and the bull rider on the dirt. The, as he was distracting the bull, the other bull fight, rider fighters came and helped the cowboy limp off to safety. So it was only Leon Coffee and the bull in the ring. So anyway, <laughs> to save himself, he ended up jumping into this barrel, which is real. I mean, it really is in the middle of the mm -hmm. arena. And uh, then the bull bats it around for a while. But um, the bull batted the, batted the barrel while Leon braced himself inside the padded barrel. After ramming the barrel several more times, the bullfighters showed up and were able to get the bull back to the pen. Hmm. Everyone's attention turned to the barrel and Leon. Was Leon okay? Slowly, a white flag ascended and Leon stood up, waving the flag to the crowd, going nuts with applause. Anyway, that's that's just part of it. I mean, the other part is what kids learn from this is when they ride a bull or a horse or whatever, they have to hold their hand in the air for eight seconds to qualify for the to, to win the prize. I mean, if you fall off before eight seconds, you don't even qualify. 
So, yeah. and then they're judged on how bad the bull is, how mean the bull is, and how well he rides, and if he can hold his hand up for eight seconds. Right. There's a lot to it. That's wow. Right. So I, I don't encourage any kids to want to be bull bull riders, but <laughs> it didn't mean. But it was it, it's interesting because I learned a lot just researching this book. I'll bet. I'll bet. And I have to give you credit, too, for being so creative that you're able to combine those two passions, writing for children and rodeo. It's incredible that you were able to find an intersection between those two topics. Good for yeah, you. You know, that kind of got me thinking that's a good way for children to learn. After this little hairdo book, I think I'm going to write a book about racehorses because they're fascinating creatures. And mm. what child does not love a horse? Horses are wonderful. So, um, and I've even talked to the, we have a racehorse and I've talked to the guy where the horse stands and goes, oh, I'll tell you anything you need to know. This is what you need to do. And even he's excited about the book, but it'll have to be a trilogy because there's a lot to racehorses to get them from a baby to the winter circle. So are you announcing your trilogy that's coming? <laughs> I get this hairdo book finished. <laughs> yes, I wish I hadn't even started it, but. I've invested so much time into it. I've, I've got to get it finished. I've just got to get it on the shelves. Yeah. What, what, what I like about it too, and, and this is kind of woke in itself, and I have to give you credit. Um, a, a lot of people think woke is something you woke. I almost hate to use that word. But when you craft a story that includes animals, the animals are participants in the story. They're not objects. They're not like props. So the animals have personalities and need to be protected just like the people do. Yes. And, uh, you yeah. know, I think I think it is a story of both people and animals working together and not a story of animals being exploited by people. No, 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 no. And, you know, those animals are treated so well. Uh, mm. All of those wild bulls and horses, you know, they're owned by one family and that's been doing this for generations. And that's their livelihood. They take extremely good care of these animals when they ship them from Rodeo to rodeo, it's uh, very interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm glad we were able to get that out because in the Northeast, the sheltered life we live, you, it may not be obvious based on the limited view we get of that whole of, of that whole industry. But uh, but it, but in the couple of times I've experienced it myself, I've seen a great deal of respect across species, uh, and uh, you know, I think I think it's a wonderful experience. It comes out through your book. Yes. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm excited to start working on the next one. Good. Zane, I'd love to have you speak to our audience about the business of being a writer. There's so much more than just sitting down and writing something. That is the easiest part, That's, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's but, the quickest and the easiest part. Tell us about your experience as an entrepreneur when it comes to getting published and the whole marketing behind it, the social media, all of it is daunting in and of itself, it's but it's necessary evil. Right word. Mm. And it and it's and now they're so now that people can self-publish, um, the the market is saturated with writers, which is wonderful. But uh, you do have to be creative in the way that you market it and what, how you do it. And uh, yeah, social media, you've got to just stay on top of it and just keep cranking things out. One, it's your love, and uh, it, but it does keep you motivated because 
you want to just keep your little character alive. What do you hear? What do you hear from your readers, Zane? I mean, do they write to you or call you and tell you how much they like reading the book? <laughs> yes, they will write. And uh, especially if I go to a, like a book reading or whatever mm -hmm. I do, especially if it's a school, they'll all send little notes and the teacher will put them in a package and send them to me or uh, they'll, yeah, they will email me because I can get to me through my website. And yeah, they all, I mean, who doesn't love a little fairy? I mean, little girls love fairies and, and boys do too. Because, you know, the tooth fairy is international. Every country in the world has a tooth fairy version. So, yeah. uh, and it's just fun to read about other ones. I think your books are really attractive to to look at and and hold. I think I have two or three of them, but I really just like the way they look. They're they're beautiful, and you can have them out on a coffee table, or it's not something you would stick in a drawer or in a box somewhere. Well, no, because the, the people who publish these, who actually print them, they do the yearbooks, high school and college yearbooks, if they still do college yearbooks. So mm -hmm. they're very high quality. I just call them heirloom books. They're very high quality. When I have them printed from there, I also go through Ingram Spark and do print on demand. That has a little bit of a different feel to the paper, but the cover is still vivid and beautiful and um, this is the same size. No, I, 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 I'm very proud of them because that's what I wanted. Something that you could pass down from generation, from little kid to little kid and family members and Thank you. Thank you for saying that. My artist is incredible. My illustrator, he's a guy out of India and uh, it's called Between Animations. I think I, I sent you his information you when you were doing your book. Mm. Yes, you did. Definitely. Thank you. And what else should our audience know about Abella? Anything mm. you want to share about personality traits? you know, she, she, she makes mistakes. She, she does things. She's a little bit, uh, she's spontaneous and she does things and she has a big heart and a good conscience and a best friend that's very loyal to her. And she's very loyal and she has a good family. And, um, no, Abella is just written about based on what a real little person. Well, like I said, it was, it was the, her best friend was patterned after my best friend growing up. Mm -hmm. And then Abella's kind of patterned after my daughter and has a little bit of me in her as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's, she can be all over the map, but at the end of the day, she knows what's right. She, she knows how to apologize when she makes a mistake and, um, she has a big heart. Great lessons oh. for kids. I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah, really. And and when what, what do you remember about that day when a when Abella probably didn't even have a name yet, but the character popped into your head and you decided it's time to start writing about her? You know, it was weird because I was just it was a Sunday afternoon and I was just sitting at home waiting for my daughter. And I've always loved to write. I've always written. Mm. I just grabbed a spiral notebook and started writing. I just about a very spoiled, uh, indulged little little girl little fairy but it mm. wasn't until she dropped her purse and that pearl came off that i thought the tooth fairy because that that was when the light came on and that was very exciting for me because then i had some place to go with it because i was mm. just writing i was just writing waiting on my daughter to get home and uh then 
the story had a focus, a beginning, a middle, and an end to it. Whereas before, I was just writing, you know, mm. and there was so many words to it about her dress and the way, you know, like I said, I used way too many words in the beginning, but it was just how I enjoyed to write. But, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And how long ago was that, uh, Zane? I was probably about, let's see, 25, 26 years ago. Really? And I put put it in a drawer because that was before the internet. I didn't hmm. know how to get it illustrated. I mean, I think I sent it off to Little Golden Books, but, you know, I wrote him a letter, but I never heard back from him. So um, anyway, so once I found out how to do self-publishing, that's when I went with it. I mean, that's when I started. That's that's a laborious process, isn't it, Doctor? It yeah. is. Yes, I did both of my books self-published, but um, for this next book series, no, it's not going to be self-published. I don't even know if you can self-publish children's books anyway. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do Ingram Spark and I do, but yeah, no, I mean, I get the uh, LLC numbers and the ISBN numbers and the 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 PSIP code for the libraries. I do all of that. The PCIP. I do all of that. Uh, yeah. And then just send it to them to print and do all mm -hmm. the editing and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how many hours a week or a month? Uh, Cause I don't know if you're writing full time now, but how many hours do you actually spend on a book? You know, it doesn't take long to write them. If you're in the zone, I couldn't hardly do this rodeo one because I was feeling pressure from all different sides. And that's when I finally said, Oh, just forget it. Just sit down and write and don't think about it. Then I wrote it, but you can probably write a book in an hour. If you're, if you, if you're in the zone and you know what you're going to write about, but when you have to struggle with what you were going to write about, that's what takes the longest. But I knew when she got her magic wand, exactly how that was going to go. That, and then, and the tooth fairy school, and it was the rodeo one I had a little trouble with. Now the hairdo one. No, I live that. My mom used to give me home permanents all the time. I knew how disastrous they could turn out. So just depends. I had a couple of them too. Facebook will go. <laughs> I was just thinking back to when I had a gigantic permanent. It was just, oh my gosh. And then that was the only thing you could get from them was gigantic hair. Yes. <laughs> Al, big did you hair, have that problem? <laughs> big hair was the thing at one time, wasn't it? But, it was. Uh, I think it yeah, I know. I remember. It's, uh, so, so our in the South. <laughs> Are school libraries a channel for a, ch a marketing channel for you? Is that part of the marketing program for a, a children's It program? is, but I have not had any luck. I think Diane, I think, is probably uh, have a lot more success than I do. Our friend Diane, you know, she's mm -hmm. a former teacher. She goes to those library conferences. And, and I haven't had a chance to do anything like that because I'm so tied up with my life in Houston. But I think she's probably very successful getting into the libraries. I have not been successful, but they should be in there, but they're just not. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that I took my two books over to the local library and I said, I'd like to donate these and have them put in the library. And they're like, oh, well, we're not sure. And we have to speak to this one and that one. And this person has to read. I'm thinking, oh, okay. I was just donating. Yeah, I don't know. So the getting the school See, system, I think it would be a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I, cause when my mom wrote her first book, 
I was all gung ho. I wanted to get her in all the libraries and I wrote all the libraries and all the big towns. And uh, no, I mean, you know, as you know, now they have committees and they vote on them and, you know, you have to have that PCIP code number one. Okay. I got that. And, uh, but I've just never, um, I don't know. Now in private schools, you can get them in there. That's a whole lot easier. My, where my little grandsons go to school, they carry all my books. Um, that's, you know, because, you know, they know me, they know them. Oops, wrong mm. way. Uh, anyway, so it, it's easier for private to get your books in private schools. Mm. If that answers your question. Yes, it definitely does. Thank you. It, it does. I mean, it, it, it impre what impresses me about this is that you would figure there'd be a straight line between writing something and publishing something and marketing it, but it's not a straight line at all. It's kind of a labyrinth and you got to know how to navigate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily now there's so many more organizations dedicated to children's literacy and mm. getting hooked up with them uh, is beneficial because I know there's the Barbara Bush literacy foundation and there's oh books between kids and the more uh, places you can find like that. And, you know, you give them your books and then they, you know, they distribute them to kids, but that's another way to get your books in front of, well, children for one, and um, mm. but I've had very a lot of success with that. I have a good friend who's president of Books Between Kids, and that's how I got on the Channel Eleven. Them reading my book because I have am involved with that, and so there's just there's a lot of inroads to do what to get where you want to go. It's just mm. not a straight one. So so as Isabella, Isabella gets older. I mean, I don't know if she's growing up in your series, but will there ever be an Abella bounces a check or an Abella? There will never I mean, will be she... a Bella having a date. There will never be a, a Ken doll Bella. No, Bella's Barbie. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> when is she going to date? She's That's good to know. Zane, I read somewhere that um, in addition to all the, the boards that you're on, I believe you also donated a large number of books to help some people across the world. Can you tell us a little bit oh, about that? Oh, yes. Nice. Yes. Oh, yes. That was oh, all of that. Ukraine. Yes. Hmm. Um, my PR firm actually has a person on staff that has a, a, a doctorate in education and is from the Ukraine. So she had all these connections. So I've just mailed oh, boxes and boxes of books to them. And then they got them loaded up to be sent to the kids in the Ukraine. Yeah, so that was great having that connection because otherwise, you know, you don't know if they're going to end up where they're supposed to or if they're just going to be underground sold somewhere. But um, mm. that was nice because they did appreciate it and they did send me a bunch of pictures and uh, that was very heartwarming when I started getting the feedback from that. That's great. And, and what about translating the books? I mean, I, I know you're, you have an international audience now too, don't you, Zane? Yeah, all my books are in Spanish. That's the okay. only other language I have them in is in Spanish. Okay. Everyone is in Spanish and then they're on eBooks. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I've not tried to do any other languages. I mean, down in Texas, you know, Spanish is huge. And then even here in New York, because of the racing, uh, community there's just a whole lot of hispanic workers and sure spanish-speaking kids and so 
that works out. Whoops, sorry. I was over here trying to pull up your um, your website. So I, I didn't get to finish typing all of it. I had myself on mute. So I'll do that <laughs> and pull it up in a second. Uh, so Zane, if you think about the people that you've met from all over the world, huge celebrities, regular people, it's amazing the doors that open when you make connections and when a person's open. So if you would just talk to our audience a little bit about the importance of being open to learning. And that's what Abella is teaching, is teaching children how to learn new things. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Hmm. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to <laughs> think how I can do that. Well, what I have learned, and this might not be the answer to your question, is you just have to learn to take a chance. Just like, for an example, when Marion Morris came to the rodeo, I knew she had a little boy. And I wanted to give her my book, but I was real nervous about doing that because, you know, you don't want to be self-promoting, but I just wanted her to have the book. But she was so ge generous and kind and showcased my book on, on air live. And um, I have just realized that you just, you just have to learn how to market yourself and just jump out there, which that is not easy to do. But you, I do think that is something that I've had to learn to do and fight to do. Um, if you want to promote something, you, well, you have to believe in it and really have to believe in it. And then just take a chance and know that, well, they're going to want to know about this. Um, but does that kind of answer your question? Yes. Yes, it definitely does. Thank you. And um, I also have pulled up your website, if that's okay. We'll share it and then people can see where they can Good. purchase the books. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, da -da. Here it is. Can everyone see that? I can. Yes. Okay. Zane, where should I go here? Go to um, books and then... So you can, it, that tells you that where you can purchase that book, but that, that's the only book that the rodeo sells, but Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon, Target, Walmart. and Walmart sell all of them online. Uh, Abella is a beautiful character and yes. uh, you're to be congratulated for bringing her to life, Zane. Really, really. Oh, we good. worked hard. The, the illustrator and I, we worked hard on her because you know the eyes were important the hair was important sure press. there's that bag that you were talking about yeah <laughs> yeah <There's, laughs> really nice there's spanish all right fabulous yeah then i also have a shopping site where you can get you can get high top tennis shoes with the bella on it and nice. baseball caps and all kind of stuff uh, uh if you go back to the website but All right. Anyway, online store. Shopping. So you go shopping. Yes, that's where I am now. Online store. Yeah, okay. Online store. And then scroll down past the books. Keep going. Keep going. Where the library? There. Then you can get t-shirts, sheets, hats, backpacks. Nice. Wow. Mugs. Look, look but at these speakers. High tops. I love them. High tops could be so popular. But there's the eight seconds. You know, you hold your hair in eight seconds. That's on that cap. I love that cap. And yeah. the sneakers. But you get it for kids, adults, and now they, they have the high tops in blue too. But a lot of these sayings are from my book. But 
Um, Look at this cute fun. wristlet. It's just fun stuff. Yeah, it beautiful. Fun. And here we have the home goods. Congratulations, Zane. You definitely. Wow, beautiful Fabulous. work. Fabulous. Really yeah, nice. So it's been fun. It's been it's been a lot of fun because um, I, you know I've always had a a full time nine to five job, and so when you don't when I you quit working, it's like what am I doing with myself? So I was thrilled <laughs> that this book writing has worked out and has progressed to the point that it has. Yeah, really, all really I ever wanted for Bella was to be on TV, on the screen. <laughs> I just that never left my mind. So that would be a happy day for. I'm already planning my party. That's all I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already planning my party. Great. So happy for you. So thrilled. Well, thank you, thank you, and you've been a big part of that. I've been on your show at RV and TV and the Business Net. All of your shows. So I know you have, you have. great promoting me, and I appreciate that. And, 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 and it all back. adds up. It, yeah, it well, does. All adds up. We, I know your background. Your background is marketing, and we really didn't even get a chance to explore any of that. But maybe we'll get you back and talk about that aspect of your life yeah. too, because uh, okay, yeah, I know that that forms what you do. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And we'd love to have you on the Corner Bookstore. Diane Floyd Beam is my co-host. We'd love to no, have a chat perfect. with you there as well. Okay, yes, you bet. <laughs> I'm going to get that green screen so my house and all in the background. I had to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Zane, we have your information up but for people who are unable to read the banner. They're on the radio. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? And who would you like to contact you? Uh, anybody, anybody who wants me to come to a book signing or a book reading or um you know, if you want to purchase the book everything is just world's first tooth fairy.com now if they want to get an autographed signed copy what's that process okay when you go online and you go to buy the book there there's a place in there you, you or you could just email me info at world's first tooth fairy and tell me or there's a place on there when you order the books you can have them done or you can email me and say, I'm, I'm buying this book. Please autograph it and send it to blah, blah, blah. And I'm happy to do that. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, we're excited and looking forward to when you get the hairdo book out there. <laughs> Come back and talk to us about that as well. Yeah, I'd be curious to get y'all's opinion if I offended anybody or not. No, and, and I'd love to send you the book I'm working on and get your your input yes. on it as well. Okay. What's the name of it? It's The Amazing Adventures of Lady Ella, The Listening Mentor. I actually have a graphic. So I'm The Listening Mentor. I teach people how to listen at an elevated level. And Lady Ella is my great niece, and she will be one years old. And, and each of these animals on the book cover represent a real person who took my listening courses and they're, they're elevated listeners, like Al is an elevated listener. So the mm. animals work together to teach the children and their parents how to listen at an elevated level. How fascinating. <laughs> I need to get that book. That sounds <laughs> wonderful. Because mm. that's what we all need is to be better listeners. 
Oh my gosh, yes. Well, the, the book's coming out in November. I'll send you the manuscript if you wouldn't mind giving me your, your feedback. I'd love it. Okay, I shall. <laughs> All right, thank you. Well, Great. this has been a fun show. Thank you so much, Zane. We hope to see a lot more of you. And I think I mentioned to you, I have very good friends who are there in New York, and I'd love to introduce you because you guys are at the same place, I think, so around the same Oh, place. in Saratoga Springs? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yay. Okay. Yeah. They're big yeah, people. Great little town. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'll do that. Uh, but thank you again for being here. We wish you continued success. Well, thank you. Thank I'm you, happy Jane. to be on. I appreciate y'all letting me come on. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder. Come back. We, we miss you. Oh, we yeah. want you, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zane. All right. Bye for bye. now. Bye. Bye now. Uh, Mr. Sini, it was great seeing her again. It really, it really is, and she's got so much to offer. I mean, there, there is so much complexity in Zane and Zane Carson Carruth that we really only scratch the surface of what she's currently doing. But there's a whole lot of depth behind that. And if we can get her back on the uh, the business talk show, we can explore some of that again. That uh, really will. a lot to learn from this woman. And something that she just said that I really want to tap into, and I alluded to it in the beginning of the show: little things happen, and we have a choice of picking up the ball and running with it or turning our backs and walking away. And when I saw that book and I heard the interview she was doing at RVN, I thought, wow, I really am intrigued with this woman. And because I did that, then met her, met Diane, met Red. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. And because of the fact, yeah, I actually, um, Ashley Owens from RVN. One thing I have to give you, one thing I have to give you a lot of credit for, Dr. Jacqueline, is things don't always go the way you expect, but you never, ever burn a bridge ahead of you, ever. You just don't. I mean, and that is a gift. An awful lot of people just close doors before they even need them and lock them. They close them and lock them before they even need them. And you're really great at keeping your options open because you never know where somebody might take you. Even if this isn't exactly what you expected of them, there could be something else. And uh, that's how your community grew. Yep. And that there's a lesson in that. Well, thank you. I, I really believe in the goodness in people. And Good. I things happen all the time. You know that in this platform itself, there have been a lot of challenges, a lot sure. of things that didn't go right and people didn't do what I paid them to do and on and on. But you sure. never burn a bridge and you just give them grace and believe that this was meant to be. This is a learning opportunity. That's uh, that's how you do revenge is for amateurs. Yeah, so true. So one thing I want to spotlight with you before we close out. Oh my gosh, we have a show right after this. I just realized. Oh yeah, you gotta um, get going. You were on Talking Heads yesterday, and you yes. were talking about uh, the head and the heart. And I realized that what you've been doing for so long—that's right in front of me, brand new culture alignment toolkit, BCAT. I felt like, oh my gosh, why didn't I see this before? We need Al Cini and his process for USA Global TV, so we can all look at if USA Global TV and radio were a person doing their best work on their best day, what would that look like? And so I'm happy to announce that you're working with us on that. I, I'm excited about it too. And maybe one of these days on a future business talk show or talking heads, we can talk about what we learned from that when we work together and how we uh, use the process to help really understand in a deep way what USA Global TV and radio is. Uh, when it's doing its best work on its best day. So I think it'll be a fun exercise. And I know you can count on an awful lot of the members of your community to participate in taking the survey on that. So looking forward yes. to seeing where that leads us. And of course, we're interested in having more people join our community, whether it's as a co-host. We have guest co-hosting now, talking totally. heads, uh, panelists. Good. 
elevated listeners and so much more. Al, Great. how can people get in touch with you and how can they contract with you for this process? I am easy to reach at al.cini at getbcat.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, the brand and culture alignment toolkit is one element. Another element is what I talked about yesterday on uh, Talking Heads, which is ProFit, a workshop that fits in four hours that's based on BCAT and also based on something called presence intelligence. And next Tuesday on Talking Heads, the creator of presence intelligence will be joining me. So will Mark Iorio. So it's Lisa Maniocchi, Mark, Mark Iorio and me for the next episode in the Talking Heads series that we're producing with you. And that'll be next Tuesday at, uh, we do that at 11 a.m., right? 11 Eastern time. Right, perfect. We're, we're actually in eight different time zones, so. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. You've got to be really specific about that. <laughs> Great opportunity. Well, thank you, you, Al. I, I'm looking Pleasure. forward to you sharing your talking heads again. And just, you have so much knowledge and I just appreciate you being here on this platform. You've been a great friend, a great mentor, a great partner. And you know what? I also forgot to mention that you can produce commercials for people as well. As Zane had a commercial produced. Yeah, we've edited a few also. commercials. Zane, Zane was one example. And uh, we've, you know, I really enjoy that work because you get to know people and you get to know what they do at a very deep level if you're trying to represent it. It's, it's work, but it's rewarding work and uh, fun opportunities. And we, I love doing it. We also have a whole department now doing jingles and you can create your wow. own song. Like I've created my own song. It's called What Was I Thinking Back Then? And it's being produced now. Uh, so I'm excited. But anyway, that's enough about that for today. It's time to wrap up. So Al and I will be back next week. Coming up right after this is the men's show. It's called Wild at Heart, Bonfire Talks, Real authentic, uncut, followed by our woman's show, A Woman's Prerogative. I'd love to get Zane on that show as well. And Al, you on the men's show as a guest, so please. Um, am, do, am I I'm on the men's show as a guest? I'd like to have you on the men's show as a guest. Yeah, we'll talk is, to Roland. When, when is that? is that? That's not the one coming up now, is it? Yeah, no, not today, though. Not today. Okay, okay. No, I, I, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. I get a little scared about that, but I'll give it a try. I think it could be fun. That's all we can ask. All right, Good. thank you so much to you. Alan, thank you so much to Zane and to everyone else. We're coming right back with our next show. Bye Thanks, for now. Doc. Thank you.